It's time for the Podcateer Podcast. Good morning, Christopher Robin. Oh, good morning, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, well, glad to meet you. Name's Tigger. T-I-double-G-U-R. That's spelled Tigger. Now, isn't this a clever disguise? It's the Podcateer Podcast with your host, Mark Tanner. Take it away, Mark. This could be about anything. And if you're like me, you wait and see. For I've got curiosity. Hello, Podcuteers, and welcome to episode 96 of the Podcuteer Podcast. While we uh, get off uh, on uh, the beginning of the show here, I just wanted to apologize for the little glitch on last week's episode. Uh, Somehow I connected the new episode with the old episode, so when you downloaded it, you got the same episode as the week before, (laughs) which wasn't too good. And the way iTunes works, it's very difficult to correct it. You have to change the name. If you don't change the name and you try to re-download it, it messes up. And I, I tried a couple different things. So finally, I corrected it today. So uh, download the episode again if you haven't already. And you'll get the corrected episode. It'll be uh, episode 95A, and it says correction. So... Make sure you download that one and you'll get the new episode. And again, I apologize. Every once in a while, I stumble over my other foot. <laughs> uh, today's episode uh, is going to be about Disneyland music. You know, I got to, I was reading through my Disneyland encyclopedia today. And watching some stuff on YouTube, looking for things for the show. And I noticed how much of what is on YouTube is music. And you know, if you think about it, if you think about uh, Six Flags and Knott's Berry Farm and uh, uh, SeaWorld and all the different amusement parks, how many songs could you think of from SeaWorld? or from Knott's Berry Farm, or from Six Flags, any any of the Six Flags resorts, or any of the other assorted amusement parks around the country. How many of them can you hum a song from? Uh, I don't think very many. But Disneyland, there isn't anybody who's been to Disneyland that doesn't have at least one of the songs stuck in their head, especially Small World. the Sherman Brothers and uh, the other assorted uh, songwriters have given us a legacy of music that is unlike any other resort. No other amusement park has music like Disneyland. No place. You know, I think back when I was a kid of uh, the Carousel of Progress at Disneyland, which is still running at Disney World, but it's not quite the same. It's a little different. And the music out of there, and the music from uh, the Country Bear Jamboree, and uh, the music from um, the Monsanto's Mighty Microscope, 
and uh, the other assorted uh, rides. And it, it just brings back so many memories of the park. And I can't help but listen to any of them. I, I have the a History of Disneyland and History of Disney Music uh, album. My daughter bought it for me a few years ago. It was right around the 50th anniversary, I think they came out with that. And there's so, so much cool stuff on there. If you, if you don't have that album and you're a Disney fan, you really need to go buy it. You need to find it either on iTunes or you know wherever it's available. Because it's got all of the songs. It's got all of the, the Carousel of Progress songs. It's got the, the Country Bear Jamboree. It's got all of them. And it is just so cool. It bring, it'll bring back so many, many memories. You can sit back and close your eyes and listen to it. And it'll make you feel like you're back at the park. I highly recommend it. Now, you know, one thing I've got tonight is I've got something that's called the Cavalcade of Song. And it's I got a lot of stuff from Walt Disney and Peggy Lee, and they're talking about the uh, recording of the music for Lady and the Tramp. Now, unfortunately, it seems like they only have part one available on iTunes. Uh, hopefully uh, part two, some one of these days will be out there, but right now they've only got part one. But it's it's pretty good. It kind of stands on its own. Uh, they have, if you buy the uh, DVD, they've got a DVD that has the, uh, this footage on it. And uh, so you, you can see the rest of what they've left out here. But I'm going to play that for you. Uh, right after the opening segment here. It, it runs about uh, 10 or 11 minutes. But it's really interesting. Like I say, it's got Walt. He's in the uh, audio archives of uh, the Disneyland archives. And uh, they've got some footage of the recording of the music for one of the songs. Actually, uh, no, that's right, only one. The, uh, the other one, I couldn't get the recording of the second there was a small little segment. It wasn't the second part, but there was another segment, and I couldn't uh, couldn't get it to download. So I I apologize for that. But I think you'll enjoy what I've got for you. Now I'm going to be out at the park tomorrow, so the next episode you're going to get some more park audio. Uh, you're not going to get any uh, Mad Tea Party because they're not having the Mad Tea Party during the week. <laughs> Now, I'm going to try to get out to World of Color tomorrow. I have uh, the day off on uh, Monday and Tuesday. Took a couple of vacation days, so I'm going to get out to the park. So while you're at work, I'll be at Disneyland. Ha ha. <laughs> okay, well, like I say, next up here on uh, Podcateer is going to be uh, a cavalcade of song, uh, part one. Like I say, no part two seems to be available on YouTube. One of these days. But like I say, this stands on its own. So uh, next up, a cavalcado song. Here we go. This is the music library in the Disney studio. And now, our host, Walt Disney. People often ask us where we get the songs for our pictures. 
how we decide what songs we want to use, and how we go about working them into our stories. Now, to answer these questions, I think it would be best to go into the history of some of these songs and the pictures they come from. Now, later in the program, we're going to tell you how we went about building the songs into our first CinemaScope cartoon feature, Lady and the Tramp. Of course, we've had a good many other songs and a good many other pictures. But now, let's follow a couple of songs from their inception, through their recording, to their finished appearance in our first CinemaScope feature-length cartoon, Lady and the Tramp. Now, after we'd completed a rough adaptation of the story, we held a meeting to discuss the song possibilities. You probably know Peggy Lee as a singer and an actress. But Peggy is also a talented lyricist, so she and Sonny Burke, the well-known musician and composer, were called in on the problem. Joe Rinaldi, ID and sketch man, and Ed Penner, writer and director of the story unit, discussed the story with them. So our story ends happily, Lady and the Tramp are reunited, and have a family of their own. Oh, I love it. I love the whole idea. Now, the story has a lot of warmth, Ed. Well, shall we get to work? Okay. Where can we put the songs? Well, if you like, I can go through the shorthand version. It'll remind you of the highlights of the plot. That's fine. Yes, that's a good idea. Over here in the plush neighborhood, we have our heroine, Lady. Well-mannered young Cocker Spaniel. Next door, her blue-blooded friends, Jock the Scotty and Trusty the Bloodhound. He's the old boy, you'll remember, that's losing his sense of smell. Over here on the wrong side of the tracks, we have the tramp. He's the independent mutt, the dog with a different home for every day in the week, depending, of course, on what's cooking. Now, our crisis first arises with the arrival of the baby. Lady, of course, falls in love with the baby the moment she sees him. Unfortunately, Aunt Sarah moves in, just to help out, and brings her two Siamese cats with her. The cats wreck the house, and Sarah blames Lady and puts a muzzle on her. Terrified by this treatment, Lady runs away and meets the tramp who takes her to the zoo where a beaver chews off the muzzle. Now, the tramp takes Lady for a night on the town. There's dinner at Tony's. They go for a stroll down Lover's Lane, but unfortunately, this romantic interlude is interrupted by the dog catcher who picks up Lady. And now we find our Park Avenue debutante in the dog pound, surrounded by a lot of unsavory characters. When Lady is brought home that night, she's punished, chained to a doghouse. This gives our villain, the rat, an opportunity to enter the house through the nursery window. The tramp hears Lady barking and rushes over to see what's wrong. When she tells him about the rat, he runs into the house and disposes of him. And Sarah hears the tramp, thinks he's come to attack the baby, so she has him sent to the dog pound. But fortunately, Jock and Trusty hear of the Tramp's heroism. They stop the wagon, and all ends well with the Tramp a member of the family and wearing a collar and a license. Well, I think I see a couple of spots for songs. Um, here, where a lady first sees the baby, I think that's a natural for a lullaby. And um, maybe a love song here, where a Tramp takes lady out for their big night. But, Peg, you wouldn't want Tramp to sing it, would you? No, he's hardly the crooner type. I agree. How about Tony and Joe the cook? While the lady and the tramp eat dinner, maybe he's a sing a beautiful song. That's a good bit, Joe. An Italiano love song, huh? Good. 
There's a spot here where the cats get laid into trouble. Walt suggested we tell a whole sequence with a song. Where's Siamese? How about an Oriental number? I think that's a wonderful idea. Do you have the business of the lady and the cats worked out? Only in a general way. Joe, you have some ideas sketched out on it. Yes, right here. Ooh, they are a couple of villains, aren't they? In a comedy sense, yes. We don't want to make heavies out of them. We just can't keep out of trouble. <laughs> like a couple of mischievous kids. That's right. Well, that sounds like fun. Why don't we start with this one? Good. Fine. So Peggy and Sonny went to work. Peggy, I think it calls for a certain kind of oriental rhythm. I think so, too. Maybe something like... Um... Mm -hmm. Let me try this. I have an idea. Of course, there's more to writing a song than just getting an idea. It generally calls for patience, perseverance, and a lot of thought. It's seldom done in a day. We are Siamese, if you please. We are Siamese, if you They called their number the Siamese Cat Song, a duet for two cats. When the Siamese Cat Song was finished, Peggy and Sonny made a test recording, with Peggy doing the voices of both cats. Now let's have Peggy explain how she sings a duet with herself. It's really very simple. If you happen to have a home tape recorder, and also if you can borrow another one from a neighbor, you might have fun trying it yourself. So first, with uh, Sonny accompanying me on the marimba, I'm going to record my voice singing the melody on this machine, and that will be the voice of the first Siamese cat. Are you ready? I saw. Proceed. reverses the tape with the melody on it and runs it back to the starting point, I'll explain the second machine. Our next step will be to record on this one. The first machine will be set to play back the tape we have already recorded. And I'll hold this microphone near the speaker so that my voice singing the melody will be picked up on the second machine. At the same time, I'll be recording the voice of the second cat singing in harmony with the first. And we're also going to liven things up a bit by adding a few oriental sound effects. Are ready? I so. Proceed.
we insisted she play both cat parts in the picture. Here's how one of our animators, John Sibley, saw her in his first rough animation drawings. We are Siamese, if you please. We are Siamese, if you don't please. Now we're looking over our new domicile. If we like, we stay for maybe quite a while. Do you see that thing swimming round and round? Yes. Maybe we could reach in and Well, now, politically correct, that wasn't. <laughs> but, you know, like a lot of stuff recorded back at that time, uh, they didn't think of offending people, and, and people weren't as easily offended as they are now. So they, you, you wouldn't see anybody put together something like that uh, in this day and age. But it's it's still a humorous song, and I I don't think there's any intentional uh, effort to offend anyone. I've always liked that song and that part of the cartoon. It's humorous. Uh, that like I say, that unfortunately is the only portion of the uh, cavalcade of song that's available on YouTube and I did some other searching and I wasn't able to find the rest of it. So hopefully whoever posted this will eventually post uh, the second portion of it and I can put it out here for you. I had a, a nice week, made it out to the park a couple of times. I've already given you most of the, the good audio from that. Uh, searched uh, like I said, I sat here tonight and I read a lot of my Disneyland encyclopedia. A lot of interesting stuff on there. I was reading about the uh, mule ride. 
and that that was the least expensive ride that Disney ever put together. They they only paid fifty bucks a piece for the mules, <laughs> and uh, that it cost them twenty five cents a day to feed the mules. And it ran in the area over there where the Nature's Wonderland and Big Thunder Mountain and so forth runs now. I can recall it when I was a kid. You know, it's funny how your mind plays tricks on you. There's a lot of these things that I think of that they had gone away a lot longer ago than they had. The mule ride was there until I was uh, about 17 years old. I had thought it had disappeared a long time before that, but it was there up until 1973, which uh, definitely doesn't seem right to me in my head, but I guess it was. So when I was uh, first going out to the park with uh, my girlfriend, Diane, they still had the mule ride. <laughs> Didn't go on it, though. I went on it when I was a kid. I still remember doing that. And I remember I thought the mule was going to bite my leg. He kept turning his head around, but they had uh, shields there, so the mule couldn't actually get, get to you. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot of stuff I remember from when I was a kid out there at the park. And a lot of it, you know, relates, as I was saying, to music. Um, I saw uh, quite a few bands, saw the Grassroots out there at Disneyland. And there used to be a stage where Space Mountain is now. And the Kids of the Kingdom used to uh, sing there. And they'd have various bands that you had actually heard of. The, the Grassroots, if you look them up, they, they were a, a well-known band, and they have a lot of uh, hit songs. Uh, my uh, wife saw the Pointer Sisters at Tomorrowland Terrace out there. Uh, I saw the Friends of Distinction at a Valentine's Day party they had at Disneyland. That's when I saw the Grassroots also was at the Valentine's Day party. That was an interesting situation. I went out there with my girlfriend, and we were standing in line to get in, and this girl stole my tickets out of my hand. And you know, I didn't even think. I just took off running after her, and I was in pretty good shape at the time, so I caught her, and she had her hair streaming out behind her, and I grabbed a handful of her hair, and I pulled her feet out from underneath her. And she went down pretty hard. And I grabbed the tickets, and before I could stand up, <laughs> there was a Disney security guard that had a hold of me. And he was on his radio. And apparently, even back then, they had uh, video. Because he was talking to somebody. And then after a couple of minutes, they he let go of me and told me to uh, get back in line. And I found my girlfriend, and the the girl's friends were all standing around there making fun of me, which uh, wasn't very nice because I didn't steal her ticket. She stole mine. And that was a really eventful night because we got out of there, and I couldn't find my car. And that was back when uh, the whole area where uh, California Adventure and so forth is was a parking lot. So my girlfriend and I rode around in a little golf cart all over the parking lot till we finally found my car, a little 67 Mustang. It was an eventful night. 
but we had fun. I mean, no, it's uh, when you're you're young like that, you can a lot of that stuff would have would have killed tonight uh, at my age now. But back then, I overlooked it. It was, uh, like I say, definitely an eventful night. I, I spent a lot of time in my youth at Disneyland. That's why the park means so much to me. Uh, when I was in uh, high school, junior high in high school, I had a friend of mine named Alan. I don't want to give his last name, but a friend of mine named Alan, and his aunt uh, was an executive at Disney. And she would get us these special passes. And it was it was different back then. They didn't sign you in. They got you a special ticket book, and it had a star on it. And it got you admission to the park. And then we also had these things we hung around our neck like a lanyard, and it allowed us to cut in line. And it was some kind of thing that I guess they gave out to... Um, like ambassadors, kids, and so forth, and it, it was pretty cool. We got to got to go to the front of the line, but she only got us that one time. So it was really, really a nice, nice thing. Uh, he also had some. Uh, my uh, friend's dad had some connections to Knott's Berry Farm. He did repair work on. Uh, I think they were called velocipedes. And uh, there were the the large pieces of equipment that played music. They would have violins and tambourines and stuff inside of them. You, if you've been to Knott's Berry Farm, right around the merry-go-round, they have one. Or at least they used to have one. I haven't been to Knott's in years. so There used to be uh, two uh, merry-go-rounds at, at Knott's Berry Farm. Sorry about that. I'm so used to saying Disneyland. There was one out by the lake... Uh, where the water park is. There was one out there, and then there was one inside the park, uh, the main part of the park. And the one inside the main part of the park had a velocipede that played music, and he repaired that. And he also repaired uh, the big one that they have inside the uh, Penny Arcade at Disneyland. So he had some connections with both parks, actually. And unfortunately, he died fairly young, kind of an odd illness. Uh, uh, they had a little bird that, it was a wild bird that had gotten inside the house and had gotten injured. So they put it in a cage and nursed it back to health, and apparently he caught some kind of illness from the bird and uh, died. That was terrible. He was an interesting man. But uh, anyway... Back to, back to Disneyland. Um, that's uh, that's about all I've got to say right at the moment. So I'm gonna pick up uh, here a little more uh, park audio that I pulled off of YouTube. So hope you enjoyed this, and I'll uh, be back to close up the show. Ninety-three KHJ. some wonderful new pancakes have been created in Disneyland's famous Aunt Jemima Kitchen. They're Aunt Jemima Party Pancakes. There's eggnog pancakes made with ready-to-serve eggnog. Strawberry Aunt Jemima Pancakes made with strawberry milk. 
and chocolate Aunt Jemima pancakes made with chocolate milk. Let's make some. That's easy. Just substitute two and one half cups of chocolate milk for regular milk in the Aunt Jemima Deluxe recipe. The recipes are on the Aunt Jemima packages. Your milkman has them too. Make all three kinds with Aunt Jemima pancake mix and the different flavored dairy drinks from your grocer or milkman. Try the Disneyland sensation. Aunt Jemima party pancakes. My, they're good. And be sure to visit Disneyland. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Because that's just about it. I did want to mention one thing. On iTunes right now, you can download all of the new Mickey Mouse cartoons. It's a series of cartoons including Tokyo Go, uh, something about the weenie, where Mickey Mouse uh, chases a weenie through Central Park so he can get it for Minnie Mouse. And uh, it's a a series of cartoons from, it's it's like one for a number of different countries. One for China, uh, like I say, one for Tokyo, there's a French one. And they're they're really good, well-made cartoons. I think Tokyo Go might be my favorite one. And they're only like $4, a little less than $4 for the whole season. So you get all of them. You can download them on your iTunes and watch them wherever you want. I, that's what I did. And it's a real bargain. They're like two, two, three, two or three minute cartoons. And they're done in a new style. It's a little different. A little different. And more updated. But like I say, I liked them. You just go into them with an open mind. And I think, I think you'll enjoy them. They're kind of done in the spirit of Mickey Mouse, if not maybe the classic appearance of Mickey Mouse. But I think you'll like them. So take a look on iTunes, look up Tokyo Go, and then you'll see the they have an option there to download the whole season. And it's well worth it for four bucks. Uh, definitely a bargain. So, Podcateers, I as I said, I hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll be back out here next week with a wonderful episode of Podcateer. Just I hope it'll be wonderful. (laughs) I'll let you decide. And we're slowly creeping up on 100 episodes. I don't know what I'm going to do for the 100th episode. I'll try to do something special. If if nothing else, I'll make it longer. (laughs) So, y'all take care of yourselves. You have a magical Disney week. And we'll see you at the park. Ta-ta for now. Podcateer is in no way associated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its affiliates. Any similarity to living persons or Disney characters without satirical purpose or the act of reviewing a product or reporting on an event is entirely coincidental. This podcast is a production of Toys Etc. in Southern California, and is protected by a Creative Commons, share alike 3.0 license. To contact us at Podcateer, please email us at podcateer, at earthlink.net. The great caricature artwork on the Podcateer website, was created by Disneyland artist, Catherine Clark. 
you may email her at portraitsandcaricatures at yahoo.com. Her blog is located at www.myspace.com forward slash Clark underscore art. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland has now concluded its normal operating day. Yeah, folks, and me and my pals hope you had a swell time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mickey? Uh-huh. It's that time. Uh, what time is that, Minnie? Oh, <laughs> Goofy? Huh? Oh. Now, now it's time, time to say goodnight to all our company. M-I-C See you real soon It's always Mickey Mouse K-E-Y Why? Because, because we, we like you, you. M-O-U-S-E For your shopping convenience, this evening Main Street will remain open for an additional half hour.